You know, Lloyd, just when I think you couldn't possibly be any dumber, you go and do something like this. And totally redeem yourself! <laughs> <laughs> This week, Redemption is spelled R-E-D-A-M-P-T-I-O-N as Adrian Martinez leads Kansas State into the Palace on the Prairie, and the Wildcats emerge with a 41-34 upset victory over the sixth-ranked Oklahoma Sooners. This is the College and Kimball Podcast. I am your host, Jeff Burkhart. Guys, I could not be more elated than I am right now to be talking to you about a unexpected Kansas State victory over a team that, quite frankly, we all felt going into this matchup, overmatched Kansas State in a number of different areas, and I know many a K-State fan, hand up, myself included, would have been all too happy to just see the Wildcats be competitive, to show a little bit more life, to do a couple of things on the offensive side of the ball that we hadn't quite seen to date, and We got a hell of a lot more than that. Kansas State was dynamic on offense, versatile. It was the ultimate complimentary football win. Every phase contributing in some form or fashion this past Saturday. And it was a historical performance. I know everyone wants to point to the recent history, and that's what everybody likes to flex on is four out of the last six in Norman. And and again, not to diminish that at all. That in and of itself is amazing and I remember during my coming up as a teenager and in my college years Oklahoma in Norman was damn near and unbeatable it it was very much akin to KU and Allen Fieldhouse you just did not go into their own backyard and beat them and Kansas State managed to do that and and again to, to provide more of the historical angle of this I know the four out of the last six is a nice stat to tout but looking back Over the course of history, these teams have met now 103 times. Kansas State's won in Norman just 10 times in 51 meetings. Six of those wins have have occurred since 1990. So relish this victory, Wildcat fans, because it is not something that has happened a great deal. And if you're one of those, if you like to run your mouth on, on Twitter and social media, fine, whatever, do your thing. I could not care less about that. I don't care about barking at Sooner fans. Quite frankly, as somebody who was in attendance at Gaylord Family Memorial Stadium this past Saturday and obviously sat in a sea of crimson and cream for the better part of four hours, nary an FU or get lost or anything in between, probably 15 to 20 people on the way out of the stadium came up and congratulated us. As fans, we're just saying good game, congrats on the victory, so on and so forth. Again, all the props in the world to Oklahoma fans. The game day experience there was awesome. That place, when it got on, when it got to third downs, it got loud. And the light show with the touchdowns and the third to fourth quarter transition with Phil Collins, man, it was it was an electric atmosphere. And which, again, makes it that much more impressive that K-State was able to do what it did in its first true road game here of 2022. Just a a remarkable feat. And 
I'm ready now, I think, to, to go ahead and, and dive right into this one and start talking about the game that was and giving out some kudos and game grades here. We got to start with the offense because, quite frankly, that was where everyone, from a fan perspective, the frustration all stemmed from what the offense had done through three games, what they had been holding back or not holding back, the lack of execution, the excuses that we were hearing. Some people like to call them excuses. Some people like to call them reasons. I'm not here to label it one way or the other. Uh, but I think we we all expected a, a an artificial bump, if you will, just with this being the conference opener, the guys on this roster knowing they've gone into Norman and done it before. The There was just a lot of different elements going into this game where I think everybody expected K-State to put a better showing on the field than it did in its final non-conference game against Tulane. But I don't think anybody quite expected what the Wildcat offense rolled up against this Oklahoma defense, which frankly had looked pretty sharp through the first three weeks. Colin Klein, Offensive Coordinator of the Week per On3 Sports, his game plan was exceptional and the execution even better this past Saturday. K-State racks up 509 yards of total offense on 83 plays, 6.1 per play. Most plays run by a K-State offense since that shootout loss to Oklahoma State way back in 2011, a game K-State fell 52-45. to uh, A tremendous effort in that contest from, from a Bill Snyder coach team, uh, this time K-State coming out on the right end in the win-loss column. This was also the most yards generated by a call, excuse me, a Chris Klein team in a Big 12 conference game. Most yards generated against a conference opponent since K-State rang up Texas Tech for 535 back in 2014, a game the Wildcats won in Manhattan, 45 to 13. So again, providing a little bit more of the historical context. This is this was a, an effort that has not been put forth by a Chris Kleiman team really at any stage in his now in his fourth season as head coach of Kansas State. There have been some solid outings from this team and again it very much akin to what we saw Chris Kleiman's Wildcats do in 2019 when they ran the ball effectively but this one had a little bit different tenor in that it wasn't really fluky K-State and not to say that the 2019 game was fluky but the K-State team did get the benefit of a pick by A.J. Parker late at the end of the first half that set up a touchdown. You also have an, uh, a kickoff that's recovered, so you have a special teams turnover there. So you're the beneficiary of a couple of different things in that 2019 game. This game different in the sense that K-State just straight up beat Oklahoma and beat Oklahoma at its own game. You knew that Oklahoma was going to attempt to make this a track meet, and I think that was why a lot of us entered this game with a fair amount of trepidation. Would K-State, if it could mount any kind of a passing game, would they be able to even keep up with an Oklahoma offense that scores so quickly? We, we touted that stat during one of our preview episodes in which we mentioned Oklahoma only averages 24 minutes and 55 seconds of possession time per game, but they're still scoring over 42 per game. That gives you a little bit of an idea of how quickly Oklahoma goes on offense. The Wildcats, they were up to it this past Saturday, and they delivered at every critical juncture. And the biggest thing, though, in my mind with this offense, uh, above putting up the eye-popping numbers, which, again, were, were some of the best efforts that we've seen from K-State, not just in the Chris Kleiman ever, era, but rather in, in, in the Wildcats' history here in this current iteration of the Big 12. This offense was dynamic, and it, it, it executed 
almost flawlessly this past Saturday. And there were some things, if you want to nitpick here and there, that you could absolutely be critical of this offense for. But again, the numbers that I just reeled off should give you all the perspective you need there. What K-State did early on in this game was really paramount in shaping the outcome of this contest. Taking the ball after winning the toss and then delivering on third and fourth down on that opening drive. K-State went three out of four in converting when faced with third and or fourth down on that opening possession. Uh, Adrian Martinez with a little QB keeper on a fourth and short got the first down and ultimately K-State ended up punching in its opening possession going 12, uh, 12 plays, 75 yards for a touchdown. The defense then gets you the ball right back. K-State's offense right down the field again, seven plays, 80 yards, touchdown. Those first two possessions were exactly what Kansas State needed in, in so many different ways. It wasn't just getting the two touchdown lead. It was the way in which the Wildcats did it. It was keeping Oklahoma off balance. That was one of the things I mentioned during our preview episode. Can you showcase any modicum of competency in the vertical passing game? K-State did just that with Ben Sinnott, who all of a sudden has emerged as, uh, I think we just have to start calling him. He is the this year's... Winston Dimmel. He is going to fill that role quite admirably. Great job by him leaking out, getting behind linebackers in coverage. Adrian Martinez on time with the throws. Those two connecting early on really helped set the tone for this Kansas State offense. But throughout the course of the day, again, I mentioned it being dynamic. The, the passing game delivered in a number of different fashions. We saw Malik going up, grabbing a nice one-on-one ball, beating press man coverage against his uh, against his guy going into the end zone to catch that slant for the touchdown to make it 14 to nothing. Uh, Cox, the defensive end, who had dropped back into coverage on a zone blitz there. He was a little late getting over, but he, again, that was a tough catch for Malik to make with the just having gotten past the corner. You have a def- you got a big 300-pounder bearing down on you. Credit to Malik for reeling that one in and helping make it 14 to nothing in favor of the Cats. Later on in the game, it was Philip Brooks catching some of those flare routes and a great job blocking by K-State in this game on the boundary. Cade Warner, RJ Garcia getting in, Malik Knowles. Again, everybody did their part in the passing game. And also the offensive line, a, a major kudos to that group, which... When we look back at the effort against Tulane, a lot of people were upset with play calling. A lot of people were upset with execution. And and, and personally, in rewatching that one, I felt like the offensive line would probably say that they had one of their worst performances under Coach Connor Riley. Just not finishing blocks, holding just a little bit longer on some of those to open up a hole or give Deuce or DJ, whoever it might have been, the, the seam they needed to, to get a to pop a big run. And, and those guys, to their credit, again, like the entire offense did, the kind of theme, here's everybody on that side of the ball, a complete 180 from what we saw the week prior. The offensive line was great. Gave Adrian Martinez time to throw. Did get hurried a couple of times. But again, this was an Oklahoma team that entered this game with 32 tackles for loss and only had four against this Kansas State offensive line. They did a great job, and and again, credit to them for sustaining blocks, helping this offense churn out yards, get down the field. Major props again to the ball carriers, not just Adrian Martinez, but Deuce Vaughn, obviously, DJ Gins, and and even receivers in in the passing game as well. Guys 
really shedding and getting extra yards after contact. And I know Oklahoma fans around us, that was the big thing that they were chirping about throughout the course of this game. The tackling effort on their part was porous, but again, that's that's not our problem, frankly. Um, K-State w- w- was assertive on the line. Guys ran with purpose. Guys blocked with purpose. A lot of additional yardage uh, yardage gained after first contact. Very impressed with all specialists in that facet. And again, major props to the offensive line for doing what they did against this Oklahoma defensive front. Now, I mentioned it at the top. Redemption being spelled with an AM this week. You have to give him all the credit in the world for doing what he did this past Saturday. 234 yards through the air, 148 yards on the ground, five total touchdowns. He was marvelous. Nothing short of spectacular from him in this game. I know I don't want to be that guy that calls out fans here, but I... I, (laughs) I didn't even entertain the question, and I, and the coaches didn't entertain it either, because if you were realistically thinking that this team was not going to be quarterbacked by Adrian Martinez this year, you were being irrational and impatient and, and, and frankly, just being silly. We, we, we knew he had the capability of doing this, and credit to Coach, uh, Coach Kleiman, Offensive coordinator Colin Klein and Adrian for getting together earlier in the week. I know they mentioned it in the presser that they had to sit down to talk about what's happening on that side of the ball and mentioning and reiterating the point to Adrian, you got to let it rip. And he let it rip to the tune of 234 yards on 21 of 34 passing. Again, the rushing game from him was exactly what K-State needed. It kept, again, the big theme here, keeping Oklahoma off balance. They had to account for so many different things and getting getting them behind the eight ball with that 14-0 lead early on was so paramount again in this game. But Adrian Martinez was dynamic running the ball for 148 yards, second highest yardage total in his career, uh, only passed by 157 yards that he had against Rutgers when he was in the Big Ten. A uh, uh, little bit of an uptick in t- competition this past Saturday. But I got to give him a shout out and I'll, I'll be honest. I, I was never really questioning whether or not he would be our guy. And I had, and I had to go back and listen to what I said because I didn't want to sound like an idiot here as I go on this recap. But I, I just, I, I didn't expect the 180 to just occur over the course of five days and for the prep from Sunday to Thursday and then the travel and every I, I didn't expect this team to do what it did on the offensive side of the ball. So this showcases so many of the great qualities that Adrian Martinez had, not just in terms of how he went out and executed both running and passing this past Saturday, but the maturation and a lot of savvy runs on his part when he was carrying the ball. Uh, I, I think in particular the 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 most pivotal and, and dare I say what will be a highlight play. Uh, by season's end for this team. The the scramble on third down and 16 with the game still very much in the balance late in the fourth quarter, picking up the first down and a whole lot more, and then sliding down inbounds. That that just shows you the type of heady play that was because you could have tried to Superman it, and, and we saw as I was driving down with uh, my dad and my brother-in-law and his dad, as we were driving down to, to Norman later or earlier in the day, we saw the tail end of that Mizzou game when that running back, Pete, took the ball around the left end and 
had a gashed the Auburn defense and tried to Superman it into the end zone and fumbled it going out of the back. Adrian could have tried to do that. He could try to have been the hero, but he did the smart thing by going down. And, and that also in turn helped this team put Oklahoma in a more precarious spot where they would be forced to waste timeouts and K-State could take a couple extra ticks off the clock. Props to him. He, he did everything that K-State fans could have possibly asked for him. And I, I certainly hope that a lot of our fans, again, I, I, I can't make people take a step back and be patient and, and, and wait through some, some lackluster performances, but I certainly hope that he gets some, apologies from this fan base because if, if there's a guy who was ever more deserving than Adrian Martinez, I, I don't know who it is. He went out and balled out, played a, a, a career game, a game of his life. Obviously, to this point, uh, highest <laughs> yardage totals for him in a single game, both passing and rushing in, in a Wildcat uniform. He was the difference, and, and he helped K-State sustain drives. That was another big point that I touched on uh, in the pre uh, in our pregame episode. Can K-State sustain drives? Because, frankly, again, I, I thought this offense at best was going to be able to mount a handful of scoring opportunities, and, and even with a solid effort, would likely succumb and lose this game by 10 to 17 points if we got a good effort. But again, they they proved me wrong, and they not only sustained drives, but they finished drives. You look at all of K State's scoring opportunity or scoring drives in this game: 12 plays, 75 yards, touchdown on first possession; seven plays, 80 yards, touchdown, second possession. When the game looks like it's going to get a little wobbly there after Oklahoma levels up, you get the big kick return from Malik. You go 42 yards, put it in the end zone to go back up by a touchdown. Huge there. 10 plays, 70 yard field goal. He had to settle for that on the OU5. 11 plays, 69 yards. You have to settle for another field goal. But then when it's time, when it's nut cutting time and you got to knock them out, 8 plays, 80 yards, touchdown to go up 34 to 20. And then 7 plays, 75 yards, touchdown to. F- in earnest, knock them out 41 to 27. At that point, Oklahoma gets the late touchdown to set up an onside kick, but K-State specials come through there. But again, going the distance was huge in this game, sustaining and finishing drives, drive extending plays massive again in this game for the Wildcats. They go eight of 17 on third down, two for two on fourth down. Didn't get too cute this week. And again, just a, a, I don't even need to say it, but just a night and day difference in terms of just effort and execution from this team in those critical situations there. Also, seven for seven in the red zone. Credit to this group for drawing dri- uh, drives out and finishing and doing this against the Brent Venables defense. And I know Oklahoma is still in the early stages of learning this very complex system that Venables and his staff is deploying. But in the same breath, we we touched on it. Oklahoma, they've got athletes at every single level. They've got solid guys and and Bowman and Stutzman, Ogwegbu and and guys coming off the edge. And they they had guys. And and even with K-State performing the way that it did, they – they took this game from Oklahoma and it was all by virtue of what the offense was able to do and getting them off balance early on and forcing them to account for Adrian in the run game, forcing them to account for the vertical passing game, K-State hitting those deep shots, deep shots, quote unquote, to Senate, hitting Malik on a couple of deep balls, a couple of the Cade Warner that they, they would have been pretty sensational catches, but the fact that Adrian was putting it in the bucket and giving Cade an opportunity to make a play on the ball where he just couldn't make some pretty high degree of difficulty catches 
it forced Oklahoma to back off. It, it, it loosened up the box and it allowed Adrian to run. It allowed Deuce to run. Haven't even talked about him yet. And that's that's kind of, again, the story of this game. It was very much about Martinez, but I, I, I cannot downplay what Deuce Vaughn did as well. He eclipses the 100-yard mark for the 15th time in his career. He moved into seventh all-time in career rushing for K-State with 2,514 career yards now. Also moved into fifth in KSU history in all-purpose yardage at 3,610 yards. He was very patient against Oklahoma. He only averaged 4.6 a carry, but again, did eclipse that 100-yard mark. Picked his spots. Again, I think that was the other thing. K-State, when they were in that rock fight against Tulane, everybody just getting a little impatient. You're getting worn down by the heat, and you're just trying to make something happen, and maybe you're just not waiting an extra second for that block to, to hold a little bit longer for that seam to open up to run through. Maybe it's just not getting to the right guy at the right level of the defense, whatever it was, but the offensive line really cleaned up all of those mistakes this week and Deuce and Adrian ran hard. They created, uh, again, they just kept this Oklahoma defense wobbly. They were wobbly the entire game. They couldn't just lock in and load up with eight and nine man boxes. They, they had to honor K-State in every facet with the QB run game vertical passing game again it just could not have been a, a a more complete effort from this offense in terms of what it did not just on the field execution the intangibles all the credit in the world to that side of the ball the offensive line the wide receivers quarterbacks specialists the coaching staff everybody knowing that they had a, another gear knowing that they could go out and do what they did Credit to them for believing in it and executing it. All the props in the world to Coach Klein and, and also uh, Coach Kleiman as well for helping those guys forget the bad week and moving forward and having them put forth their best effort of the season. And dare I and I certainly hope we have better you know better efforts later on this year. But we're probably going to look back at that Oklahoma game and say that this is one of the top certainly one of the top two or three games we saw from this K-State offense in terms of efficiency, execution, and everything in between. Now, with all the compliments being thrown at the offense, we do have to talk about the defensive side of the ball. And statistically, no, not ideal. Not what you wanted to see. This bear raid offense that Oklahoma runs with Jeff Lebby at OC, they stretch you in a number of different ways. That, that mesh action really forces your linebackers to be disciplined with the eyes, forces your safeties to be very conscientious of it as well. And K-State, while it gave up 550 yards on 73 plays, average of 7.5 per play, that in and of itself is not great. It was the worst effort by a Klanderman defense since K-State transitioned to the 3-3-5. Three, 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 Nobody in 2021 hit the Wildcats up for over 500 yards. It was the most yardage surrendered by a K-State defense since that season finale against Texas in 2020. I, I throw that game out the window. It was the COVID year. K-State was down a number of guys that day anyway. I, I'm not too worried about that from a con contextual standpoint. But what the Klanderman defense did, while, while again, this, the numbers do not look great, this was going to be a game, to paraphrase Dan Rubenstein of the Solid Verbal, it was about winning moments. And that's what K-State did. And the other thing, K-State held Oklahoma to 20 points the first 52 minutes. And if you told me that going into the game, I would have felt like this 
team would have a shot to maybe do something and pull off the upset. Now, granted, I didn't expect the offense to go for 41, but I thought if that was the, if Oklahoma was sitting on 20 at that stage in the game, I thought, you know what? The Wildcats might be in a, a spot to potentially pull this off. But to bring it back to the winning moments portion that I was just talking about a few mo- uh, seconds ago, early on, we touched on the tone setting by the offense, not just going down and finishing the drives with touchdowns, but also forcing back-to-back punts on their first two possessions, allowing K-State to build that 14-0 lead. Huge, huge in shaping this game. Later on, you have the K-State defense rising up to force field goal attempts when things looked like they might be getting a little dicey. K-State was up 21-14. to Oklahoma knocking on the door, fourth and one from the KSU 14, and a couple of back-to-backs foul start penalties, move the Sooners back. They have to take a field goal there to make it 21-17. to Later on, there is another drive that the K-State defense thwarts the Sooners when they get into KSU territory, and they have to settle for yet another field goal. You have the wide throw to Drake Stoops on a fourth down and three when KSU uh, when the ball's at the KSU 39 with the Wildcats holding on to just a seven-point lead. Again, it was... I, I'm not going to get hung up on the numbers. I, I'm I'm going to try and focus on the positives because there's so much to be positive about here. Those were all paramount in this game. And I counted it up. There were six possessions in which Oklahoma could have either tied or taken the lead in this game. The results of those drives, punt, field goal, field goal, punt, downs, punt. Can't ask for much more than that. This Oklahoma offense was going to score points. As I touched on a few moments ago, they were averaging 42.3 coming into the game. They had just rung up Nebraska for 49. And frankly, if you if you thought you were going to win this game, making it a rock fight, I, I don't have anything for you. There, there was no chance K-State's defense was going to be able to keep Oklahoma, in my mind, under 30. That was going to be a pretty tall order in and of itself. So the fact that the Wildcats did what they did and and really again 41 to 27 Oklahoma getting the late late touchdown to give themselves a shot, but I, I was pleased enough with the defense moving forward you, you don't have to really sweat what this team is going to be facing in terms of caliber of athlete, tempo of offense there's nobody in this conference that's really going to be able to match Oklahoma in that regard. So what you did against the most formidable foe in this league needs to be taken into account in my mind. So we'll get to grades here momentarily, but at the end of the day, I I don't come away feeling bad about this defense. I I thought the tackling effort that we got from this group was supreme. They, They really did a great job of wrapping up in space Great job by the secondary in particular, Josh Hayes, Echo, Brents, Savage, Cheatham, all, and I hate leaving anybody out, but uh, TJ Smith, another guy coming up at a couple of times in run support, and, and also when the, one of the core tenets of that offense is the, 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 the play action on, on the zone read and then the little flare out to the boundary setting up, you know, when you got a potentially a two-by-one out there or whatever you might be seeing. K-State did a great, great job of closing on those and not letting a, a, a little bubble screen go from being a, a four to five yard gain to being a 25 or 30 yard gain. They did a great job tackling in space. I was very pleased with that. We'll talk a little bit later on about the back end being a little leaky, but I, I again, 
I, I don't come away from this game feeling any better or worse about the defense. I still think this is a formidable unit. The fact that they didn't generate much of a pass rush to me isn't all that bothersome. Yes, obviously, you would have liked to have seen King Felix... Huggy, Pickle, whoever it might have been. You would have liked to have seen those guys get home a little bit more. K-State only ended up with uh, three tackles for loss in this game. But Oklahoma, the way they run, how quickly they run it, how quick the ball comes out of Gabriel's hands when he's bombing it down the field or throwing those flare-outs, that in and of itself was just going to make it hard for K-State's defense to really live in the backfield and create as much havoc as they did. They only had 9.6% havoc rate. This game, seven Havoc plays on 73 snaps. But like I said, the the refrain here is, in case you haven't already picked up on it, this group is going to be fine moving forward. And they they came out of this game largely healthy from what I I do remember. You, You got a great effort in the secondary from Kobe Savage, who was just named Big 12 Newcomer of the Week as I record this. Austin Moore at linebacker continues to give you Cody Fletcher plus level production with nine tackles and had a half tackle for loss. I I was very pleased with him. And, and again, I, I'm not going to worry too much about King Felix not getting two sacks or I'm not going to worry about Daniel Green in this game. I, I, I'm just not going to sweat it. I know those guys can still ball out. They have all the equity in the world with me. And, and there's not going to be an offense that's going to run at this type of tempo and challenge K-State the way that Oklahoma did this past Saturday. There are some dynamic teams out there in the Big 12. I, I know Texas has a lot of special to, uh, specialist talent, and you got but you got Texas Tech here on deck that runs the air raid. But again, player for player, you're not going to see a roster like Oklahoma's, and you're not going to see a roster that executes the way that Oklahoma executes. And that makes me feel very positive moving forward as we get set to dive into the heart of conference play. Now, as I Move away from the defense here. I do want to touch on specials, and we'll get into game grades here to wrap things up. Special teams, I I, I mentioned this being the ultimate complimentary win, and it absolutely was. Specialists were terrific. You had Malik with the kickoff return, and this was honestly at the stage of the game when I thought Oklahoma was going to start to take control. The the 14-0 lead had since been leveled up. Oklahoma scored back-to-back touchdowns. So now it's 14-all. You need something on offense. You've gone a little stagnant. Malik pops a big 58-yard return, sets K-State up on the Oklahoma side of the field. 11 plays later, Adrian Martinez with a little somersault up and over into the end zone to give K-State the lead back at 21-14. to So big shout-out to Malik, not just in terms of his kick return production, but also him catching the ball this past Saturday. Like I said, that touchdown catch that he hauled in, the other couple of receptions that he had, all very big in shaping this game. Another guy on special teams that I have to give a shout-out to, Chris, everybody thinks he's a head case tenant. Perfect 7-for-7 on his kicks, cashed all five of his PATs, made both of his field goals. Admittedly, me as a dumb fan sitting there in the stands is wondering as I hear the OU fans scream as the ball goes into the end zone on those kicks, I didn't know that the tradition was to just pass the ball up and up and up until the last fan at the top of the stadium just bombs it over the back. So, again, just a little scary moment there, but shout out to, to Tennant for kicking the way that he did, striking the ball well, didn't have to sweat those special teams plays at all. Ty Zentner, I touched on it during our preview episode, how 
K-State was at one hundredth of a yard behind Oklahoma in net punting and uh, through the first three games. Uh, Zetner came in averaging 43.07. Oklahoma as a team, 43.08. Zetner outduels Oklahoma in net punting, had a 43.4 net on five attempts. Only one touchback, had two downed inside the 20. Did a great job. Great job on his part. And really, K-State, when it needed to flip field, he delivered. So big shout out to Ty Zentner. And if you want to, again, nitpick, the only thing that you really come away being frustrated with was a couple of... One was an execution mistake and one was a kind of a mental error. And I'll talk about that here in game grades as far as the specials go. But I think it's it's getting to that time to... to to formally grade out these units offense I'll, I'll say this they get an a minus only 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 because you had to settle for a couple of field goals when you got down to the Oklahoma five and to the 11 and normally like I said in a game like this you you likely take as many chances as you need to take because field goals don't typically beat Oklahoma and Norman K-State got 41 points and over 500 yards and it still came down to an onside kick so that one and the one that I think stands out in everybody's mind is that little flare pass to Deuce Vaughn running into the corner of the end zone where it looked like he had a pretty clear alley and that was coming right towards us in section 23 in the corner there and he would have likely had to make one guy miss but he did that all game long so I think worst case scenario is he maybe gets dragged down at the three or the two yard line setting you up with that that decision to maybe go for it later on on the drive but if, if Deuce holds on to that and punches it in and you go up 28-17 going into half, you're probably feeling pretty good about life and K-State really isn't sweating as much as they were at the end of the game. So really as far as the offense goes, I'll give it an A- minus only because of just a couple of minor, minor miscues in the grand scheme of things. But ultimately, again, sustaining and finishing drives, game planning, overall execution, blocking by offensive line, stretching the team vertically uh, stretching the OU defense vertically it, it did this unit did everything it needed to do to pull off the upset and, and all the credit in the world as I've said to, to Colin Klein for deploying the best game plan we've seen to date and, and also one in which he himself didn't press uh, this is a game where you knew Oklahoma was going to try and make it make it a track meet and go quick and we've seen K-State do that and go tempo a couple of times. And the Wildcats used pace a little bit in this game, but but they still, I think, in the grand scheme of things, realize that we're, we're not going to win this game giving the ball back to Oklahoma any sooner than we already have to. We need to be deliberate, and we need to be efficient in our execution. The Wildcats were just that. So, again, big shout-out to Klein, the coach, the offensive coaches, and everybody in between for going in and and putting forth a great game plan and all, all the guys in the offensive side of the ball for executing it. Uh, shout out to Cooper BB coming back in like a warrior that he is after what I presume he cramped up uh, in the game. So again, all the credit in the world to those guys on that side of the ball, grading out the defense a little bit more difficult to do, but I, I touched on that number 20 points through 52 minutes against Oklahoma is fine. And by that point, K state had built a two touchdown lead. So in the grand scheme of things, you're feeling pretty comfortable and confident with just how the game has played out and, and what your offense has been doing in terms of killing clock for you. So the defense, I'll, I'll give them a C plus just because I was very impressed with the tackling, as I mentioned a few moments ago, just not letting plays that 
typically should only get you for anywhere from four to seven, eight yards, letting those turn into 15, 20 yard type gains. K-State really did a good job limiting things on the boundary. They did get a little uh, leaky on the back end when Omar Daniels got dusted by Marvin Mims. And then you had uh, what I I believe was a coverage bust when um, Theo Weiss caught that flag pattern and just nobody on that side of the field for the K-State secondary. So you have a couple of busts there and you have a couple of play, uh, you know, explosive plays. You have the 25 yard rush by gray, a 26 yard by Gabriel. We talked about the two touchdowns and the other uh, Farouk had a 30 yard reception as well. But in the grand, grand scheme of things, K-State's defense did what it needed to do. It bowed up and big moments in this game. And the other thing it did uh, towards the latter stages of the game when the Wildcats offense had pretty well put the game away and K-State just needed to not get crushed by a you know a one-play 60, 70-yard touchdown strike. They made Oklahoma earn it on those last couple of drives. The Sooners had to eat a lot of clock. They had to spend timeouts. So, again, I, I know the personnel is there for K-State. I, I know that these guys will will learn from whatever mistakes they might have had this past Saturday. And I know they'll continue to put forth good efforts. And I know this is ultimately still going to be a top three defense in the Big 12 Conference. I still feel very confident in saying that. I know it's hard to after you give up 550 yards and seven and a half per play, but this is still a very talented group. And again, there are going to be very few teams that stress you the way that Oklahoma does. So this defense, I'll give, like I said, a C plus uh, just because of a couple of leaky things on the back end there. But I know those are things that will get short up here as we move forward. And then specials, again, I touched on it. They they had a fine day with Zentner on, on kickoffs. The only thing I had was that one kick that went out of bounds uh, that set Oklahoma up on the 35. But that's a drive ultimately that results in an OU punt. Phillip Brooks, fair catching the the punt on the four, really did hamstring K-State on that possession at the tail end of the first quarter going into the second. The Wildcats had to kick the ball right back to Oklahoma, and they had a short field and scored a touchdown to make it 14 up. I thought that might be something that came back to haunt Kansas State, but ultimately it doesn't end up drastically impacting this game in terms of the outcome. So just because of those two snafus there, I'll get I'll give special teams a B plus, and then overall coaching a uh, I I can't say enough about Kleiman for rallying this this group after the week that was, and I, I think it was very telling his remarks and his uh, presser this uh, past Tuesday, in which he said, "You know what? It's not time to hit the panic button. This is still a very uh, that the, I'm I'm saying it verbatim. It's not time to hit the panic button." He knew this was still a very talented team. He knew this team still had the desire within it to go out and compete and felt like they were on the level with a team like Oklahoma. You did not see this team flinch. That was the big thing that I came away early on feeling. When when K-State took the ball and drove it down the field, I was like, okay, good first script, good execution. Let's see what happens. Defense, punt, gets the ball right back. Offense, right down the field. They dictated in this game. They did not flinch, and when Oklahoma punched, they did punch back. All the credit in the world for that mental toughness instilled by this coaching staff, this group rallying internally with all the chatter by the dumbass fans that said Adrian Martinez needed to be benched, that said Colin Klein needed to be fired. 
every dumb remark that you heard from K-State fans from the outside, all the criticism from the fan base directed at its own team, they they silenced the chatter. They silenced the people within the K-State fan base that doubted them. They silenced the people outside the K-State fan base that thought that this team was just smoke and mirrors, that Missouri game didn't mean anything. They went out and proved a lot of doubters wrong this past Saturday. And again, I could not be more thrilled for each and every one of the guys that traveled out there and got to be a part of that win that, again, was a historical victory and one in which is going to rank very high for me on a personal note just because I I, <laughs> I went to the game with my dad, my brother-in-law, and his dad. And as the game is unfolding, I'm realizing that I'm truly witnessing history. I went back and I, I looked at some of those old scores from Oklahoma games and Norman, and man, there were a lot of K-State point totals below 10. There were a lot of Oklahoma point totals north of 50. And for K-State to not only go in and be competitive, but to go and take a win from a blue blood was amazing. It, it, again, it was one of the greatest fan experiences I've had going whenever you go on the road and you get to see a win it it is special and seeing K-State do something that hasn't happened a lot over the course of the history of this program was something that I'll never forget I'm glad I finally got to atone uh, in a a little story here I bought tickets to the K-State Nebraska game in 2007 and I bought those for my dad for his birthday that year And uh, for those who don't remember the outcome of that game that fall, that was a game in which K-State got rung up for 73 points and lost 73-31. to So my dad, as all good fathers are, patient, waiting for his son to atone uh, 15 years later. So love you, Dad. I'm I'm so happy that we got to watch that together. That was an awesome experience. And I I certainly hope this team enjoys that at that aspect of it, what it accomplished again is not unprecedented, but it is still special and something that you need to enjoy knowing the work effort that you put in during the course of a week to prepare and to silence all the doubters, all the credit in the world to the guys for going out and pulling off that upset. But in the same breath as we move forward here, this is where you need to show yourselves that you've learned. This is what, because if you think about it, K-State has been victimized by the feeling yourself a little too much after a big win. K-State thumped Mizzou, thought they could just roll out the helmets against Tulane and come out with a win. That has nothing to do with the uniform. Keep that in mind. But they thought that they could just go out there and not put forth their best foot against Tulane and still get it done. And they got bit. They got into a rock fight and lost that game. They learned that that lesson the hard way. And, 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 and indirectly, you see that same Tulane team go and spit the bit and lose to Southern Miss this past Saturday. You also indirectly, you see Oklahoma after they go in and just wax Nebraska in their own backyard, Oklahoma coming home, big stage. This is what OU DNA, man. They, they are used to that stage, that environment. This is where Oklahoma, you think big game, Bob, you think all those big time games that those, that program is just so accustomed to going in and handling business and winning you think Oklahoma fans and Oklahoma as a team was just in that mindset of we will take care of business. K-State might give us a fight, but we are still Oklahoma and they are Kansas State. You saw that mentality bite Oklahoma. I think that they too just thought that they could come out and 
not put forth the kind of effort that you need to to win games in the Big 12, and that bit Oklahoma. I'm not trying to diminish at all what K-State did as a team. They went in and beat Oklahoma at its own game. But as we all know, roster to roster, player to player, we know Oklahoma has the more talented group. But the Wildcats have all had the intangibles this past Saturday. They had the coaching edge this past Saturday, and they executed. They That was why they came out with that win. Now, as I said, you've seen all these little instances here in which you've either been feeling like the hunter or you've been feeling like the hunted, and there's a lot of that goes into the mental game in college football and the preparation, and I certainly hope at a high level what this K-State team does is learn from what it did against Tulane. It's seen now. It can. It has realized what it is capable of doing on a week-in and week-out basis. If you can do this against Oklahoma, you can do this against anybody in the Big 12. Period. Full stop. And the big thing to me is how do you handle prosperity? Do you let it affect you that much? Or do you go out and do you try and take advantage of it when you come home to play Texas Tech this coming Saturday? This is a huge game because right now you are in pole position in the Big 12. You have knocked off the conference frontrunner, the team that had won six straight Big 12 titles prior to last year. You've taken them off the mantle, and you are now at the top of the standings. And you cannot let an opportunity, a home game, in which, as of right now, there are only there are less than 1,000 tickets left, and you're looking presumably at a, a potential sellout at home. You can't let that opportunity go by the wayside. You cannot squander it the way that you did when you had a sellout crowd against Tulane. You had the sexy uniforms and all the other things. You got to take advantage of home games when you get them because winning on the road in this conference is tough as hell. It is tough as hell. And K-State, currently as it stands, seven and a half point favorite. Texas Tech coming in after upsetting Texas, coming back from a 31-17 deficit. You know Tech's going to be live for this game. And Tech has also lost 10 out of the last 11 meetings to Kansas State. I am sure the coaches are going to be very aware of that stat, and we'll have that up on the bulletin board, so to speak, throughout the course of the week. Joey McGuire has this team playing with a, a level of, of gumption and fortitude that we really haven't seen over the last couple of years under Matt Wells and even going back to Cliff Kingsbury. Tech's going to be live for this, and K-State fans... I know everybody likes to gripe about 11 o'clock kickoffs, but man, you, you got to be up for it. We we need a ruckus crowd this coming Saturday. We need these guys to be motivated. We need to give them all the incentive in the world to go out and perform. So that's a challenge, not just to the fans, but also to this team. How do you handle prosperity? That's the big question going into this week. And we'll talk about that, obviously, in much greater detail when I get back together with Justin Nutter for our preview later on in the week. We'll have the guys on from the Talkin' Tech podcast and this week's installment of Up Next where we get the skinny on the Red Raiders and how they performed to date. So we'll have a couple of other episodes showing up in your feed. But I think that's going to do it again for this recap. I, I Like I said, I am so happy that I got to witness that game in person with my dad. That was just such a great experience and, and one that I will cherish for the rest of my life. I am so happy that that team showed so many people what it is capable of doing. All the credit in the world, again, to those guys. I, I've, I've sung their praises throughout the episode, but they absolutely deserve it. It is it is harder than hell to win in that building, and they went in and did it. So mad props, again, to Kleiman, offensive coordinator Colin Klein, Klanderman and his squad, everybody top to bottom. Great job this week. Congratulations to them on the victory. And 
just keep in mind, guys, prosperity is a tough thing to handle. And you are in a spot right now where you can make it to a Big 12 championship game. You can't waste home games. you got to take advantage of these, and you got to get Ws. With all that being said, I'm going to go ahead and wrap this one up. Thanks again for the listen and the download. Follow us on Twitter at college underscore Kimball. Subscribe to our podcast on whatever your preferred app is. With all that being said, I'm going to close it out the way I always do. Cats, man. If you know, you know. So you're telling me there's a chance. Yeah!